Everybody is talking about something you can hear as the crowd passes by. Some are talking of their wealth and their mansions. Others talk of their trouble and strife. Well, I don't know how to talk to a rich man. When compared, I'm a beggar, no doubt. Well, if you're talking about that old-time religion, then I know what you're talking about. Well, if you're talking about that old-time religion, then I know what you're talking about. About the kind that will make you love your neighbor. When old Satan would say, turn him out About the kind that will comfort you in sorrow And it never fails to make you shout Well, if you're talking about that old-time religion Then I know what you're talking about I like to talk about the day Jesus saved me when my poor soul was sinking in sin I like to talk about the way he has kept me Through the shadows Good morning, friends. It is so good to see you in the house of worship on this beautiful Saturday morning. And we had a beautiful drive here today with all the coloring of the leaves and I hope you'll get out today and enjoy that because we're going to get some rain and some wind this week and a lot of the leaves will be gone. So get out today. A good place you can go today is Fort Blackmore and go to uh, ask anybody where the Methodist camp is. They're going to be having BB&B &B barbecue and a blood drive and bluegrass music. And that's easy to find there in Fort Blackmore. And this will be a fundraiser for the camp. So if you're looking for something to do this afternoon, uh, there's your schedule one more time. Um, barbecue, blood drive, and bluegrass, okay? Uh, no better way to spend a Saturday afternoon. And it's free, but it is donations for, yeah, it's free, but it's, it's free, but it costs you something, okay? <laughs> okay, it's kind of like salvation. It's free, but it costs us, uh, it costs a whole lot. It costs the Lord, okay? But anyway, you'll be able to do that today. And then we have uh, Dr. Smitty and the uh, Reedy Creek Band coming here on November 4th. That will be 7 o'clock. You can come in the building here. We'll be having Friday Night Live and it will also be broadcast on Facebook as well, okay? So come out and enjoy the Reedy Creek Band. And then two weeks from today, that's on um, November 5th, in our Saturday morning worship, we're gonna be doing things a little different. This will be the second anniversary of Shades of Grace International. As you know, um, during the pandemic, we began a ministry in the country of Nigeria, Shades of Grace International. And so we're gonna be inviting the Nigerian community from all over the Tri-Cities to be here on that day. Landon, have you heard from them concerning the music? Yeah, I heard that uh, you're already in 
communication with the folks who are going to be doing an authentic Nigerian worship service in Landon, and the people here will be helping uh, make that happen. And then we will be having a gentleman from the Methodist Church of Nigeria who will be bringing a message, and we'll be having a food uh, tasting. We're not going to be eating uh, due to the, all the pandemic restrictions of the past, but we will have prepackaged food for you to take home, and it'll be labeled, it'll tell you what it is, and you can take authentic Nigerian food home with you two weeks from today, okay? So look forward to that and follow us on Facebook and you'll be able to get all the information. Wednesday, November 9th, there will be a flu vaccine clinic here at Shades of Grace between one and three. And as always, no appointment is needed and the services are free. So if you know anybody who needs that, please let them know. And we will update you in all of our social media. If you're not a recipient of our phone tree, please see me after the service or write your phone number and name down. Uh, we send out to about 160 people seven days a week a daily devotion uh, and all of that. So that's free as well. So if you'd like to have your name on the list, make sure we get your number. And I hope that's enough announcements to keep us all out of trouble for just a little while, okay? Okay. We have Officer Jim with us today, and we're always glad that we have an officer on call during our time of worship. Okay, Jimmy, anything else you know? Jimmy says that's it. Okay. We're going to have a great service today. Can, can the church say amen? amen? And just make yourself at home. And we're going to open with a song. I don't know if you know the words to that, but it's uh, He Keeps Me Singing. And so we will be singing through the service today as well as bringing the message. So let us sing together. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and
Sometimes he leads through waters deep, trials fall across my way. Though sometimes the path grows rough and steep, see his footprints all the The promise of the Lord is, we say it often, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The last verse goes like this. Soon he's coming back to welcome me, far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown, I shall reign with him on high. That's kind of a hard one to sing. It's a little bit fast, and they kind of talked me into doing that this morning. So if you didn't like it, uh, these guys on the stage uh, will receive all the credit. Okay? Land, Landon's fault. He's the boss. Okay. Uh, listen, we want to pray now for all of our special needs, and we've had several requests given. We want to pray for Dewey Frazier and also for Christine Graybill. And if you have a name or a need by the lifting of your hand, just think about it and lift it before the Lord. God already knows the end from the beginning, and he knows what we're going to speak even before it is formed upon our lips. So whatever we have today, I would like us just to leave it in the Lord's care and pray together that prayer that our Lord has taught the disciples to pray. Pray it with me if you know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, Miss D. When the world is crumbling around you and everything goes wrong and it seems like there's no use to carry
trust in him when all hope is gone when satan comes to tempt you and tries to make you doubt the lord is near to hold you by the hand with loving arms around you he'll gently lead you out he'll strengthen you he'll give you grace to stand standing somewhere Save 
The great stone was rolled back Then Jesus cried Lazarus come forth Then somebody said He's alive, he's alive You may be fighting A battle Cry to the Lord, I need you now, but he has not appeared. Friends, don't be discouraged, cause he's still the same. He'll soon be here, he'll roll back the stone, and he'll call out your name. enjoy that today? Amen. He keeps me singing. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for sharing that music and messages of encouragement today. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke now for several months, and we're titling this series Lessons from Luke. We've been talking about a lot of parables and a lot of real-life stories that are recorded in the life of Jesus. And so today I'm going to read some scriptures to you from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you. Can't you just kind of hear it? I'm so glad I'm not like everybody else. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. And the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, 
a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Will the church say amen? I'll tell you a little funny story. Well, it wasn't funny at the time, but um, it, I felt like it kind of ties into what I'm going to be talking about here today, about people who feel, you know, they have more spirituality than anybody else and kind of look down upon others. But we received a message here at the church in the middle of the night, and uh, Jimmy, we played that back this week, and of course, the lady did not identify herself, but it went something like this. I didn't know that you all let drunks and drug addicts come in down there, and y'all are supposed to be a church. And I am going to call the newspaper about this. <laughs> there was a few other words, too. Um, it kind of bothered me that morning when we came in, you know. At least give your name so we can congratulate you, right? But um, anyway, we laugh about it now, but it was not a laughing matter because, you know, I do not know who that person is, and it's good because I don't know her life or what she professes or possesses, but the Bible says by the words of our mouth, you know, we can be snared, you know, we can fall into our own trap. So I don't know, but we find two people in our story here today about a, a rich man or a Pharisee, which, yes, he would have been rich uh, in the population of that time because of his status. But the tax collector also would have been a wealthy man. And they both went to the temple to pray. You know, going all the way back into the book of Proverbs, a verse that I've based my ministry and life upon for a long time says this, the rich and poor meet together, but the Lord is the maker of them all. And when we come together here in the name of Jesus Christ, we come together for our relationship with God, not what someone else will say or what someone else will think, because there's an old, old song that goes something like this, and that great day I'll face nobody else's record but my own. Aren't you thankful for that? And we meet people all the time in the world and in the church who are trying to take care of everybody else's record while neglecting their own. Can the church say amen? And so what is your reason for being here today? What is your desire? What are your goals? What would you like to happen in your life as you come together here today? You see, what we do here is just a very small part of what we do out there the rest of the week. And so when we leave this place, hopefully we're going to go out a little bit better equipped and feeling a little bit more like being who we claim to be, and that is a follower of Jesus Christ, right? So to give you a little background about this story today, tax collectors were just about the most hated people 
in the empire at that time. They were regarded as sinners. Remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had an, a similar story from Luke, and they were talking about the people who were uh, sinners, and then it mentioned, it mentioned the tax collector uh, even in a greater degree of sin than the regular sinners. Isn't it funny how we try to uh, categorize everything? You know, this one down here is not quite as bad as this one up here. But the Bible says we all have sinned. And you know what sin means? Missing the mark, falling short. So we've all done it, right? And we do it. And some of you have done it probably today. And, uh, you know, I'll do it before the day is over if I haven't already because we're human. We fall short. We miss the mark. We have goals in life. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you don't sin. You know, John Wesley, the great Methodist preacher of centuries gone by, always preached a message about um, grace, a lot about justifying grace, sanctifying grace, prevenient grace, um, grace that will carry us through. And he preached a lot about sanctification, which means growing closer to Jesus every day. But he finally uh, testified pretty much at his last days on earth as an old, old man that he is only totally sanctified and totally justified and totally in the care of God when he takes his life's breath. Until then, we're going to face battles, right? Until then, we're going to face temptations. We're going to face injustices. We're going to face all kinds of situations that will cause us to have a reaction, either a holy reaction or a negative reaction. And so whether you're a Pharisee who represented the religious people of that day or the sinner, the tax collector, uh, we all are going to stand before the Lord and give an account for ourselves and for not somebody else. Remember that little song? We used to do it a lot and we still refer to it. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord. Everybody say me, O Lord. It's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And if you um, don't need any prayer for yourself, could you please put a few over in my direction? I can always use them. We need to pray for one another. Jesus said people ought always to pray and not give up, not faint. But the tax collectors were Jewish people who worked for the Romans who occupied the land of that day. And so the regular population of the Hebrew people counted the tax collectors as traitors. They counted them as enemies in the camp because people resented paying the taxes to the foreigners who ruled over them, okay? So the tax collectors were not necessarily paid a salary or an actual wage by the Romans, but they were expected to take extra money and keep some for themselves. So if they could strong arm you or twist your arm or bribe you or blackmail you or by any other means get money for the Roman government for the taxes, they would do that. So they were known for those very 
unsavory characteristics. And they would always get enough for themselves. Remember the story, and we'll be doing that one, I'm sure, before this series is over, about Zacchaeus. And he ran up in the tree. Remember that? Wouldn't you like to see that? Run, 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 and just run up the tree. <laughs> okay, you're supposed to laugh on that. Now go ahead. Delayed reaction. But he made the profession and the confession after Jesus looked at him and said, whatever I have defrauded by other means, I will repay double and extra. Remember that? So he was a tax collector, and he saw the error of his ways. So tax collectors were not thought of in any kind of good light. Jesus here is trying to teach the people the importance of praying with the right attitude. You remember last week, how many of you remember the message from last Saturday? It was about a widow woman, remember that? And I had one sweet lady who watches us every week in a virtual congregation in another area, and she texted and she said, this widow really, really needed the message for today. Because we went through how that certain people were looked down upon, and they were the, the, L, the three L's, the last, least, and lost, the widows, the orphans, and the immigrants, and the strangers in the land, and things haven't changed a whole lot in our world today, has it? And so we talked about that woman who persistently went before a judge until her demands were met. And that was also a parable about prayer. When you pray, don't give up. Be persistent. Be trusting in your prayer. So Jesus is aiming this parable at those people who don't pray with the right attitude. I always say pray with the attitude of gratitude, right? The parable is to those who are self-righteous and who look down their noses at other people. Do you know anybody like that? Don't call their name right now and don't acknowledge it necessarily, but we all know those persons who claim to be super spiritual and claim to have all the answers on behalf of God, but who always end up not sharing that in a humble way, a way that would build someone up rather than put them down. Remember back in that day, the Jewish people prayed three times a day. Do you remember that? They would go to the temple for private prayers as well. And they would go to the prayer at morning, at noon, and in the afternoon. And so here we find the people going up to the temple to pray. We used to do a little chorus, and if I had thought, I would have asked Landon if he could learn that. And it goes kind of like this. Two men went up the temple to pray and met a blind man in the way. Anyway, we'll have to learn that one and sing it another day, right? Okay. Um, but there are a lot of little lessons we can learn from the scriptures by singing, right? By singing. And so these people went up to the temple to pray, and the Pharisee, the religious man, he prayed about himself. Do you remember that prayer? It was all about me. I, I, I. You know, I mentioned a minute ago that little three-letter word, sin, S-I-N. 
What's right in the middle of that? I. We don't have to look any further. We don't have to look around the corner in the chair next door or down the street or across the world. It's me, O oh Lord. It's me standing in the need of prayer. But this man, he was all about how good he was and not about how much he needed to repent or to turn around and to... Um, you remember that old cliche that says, when you see a flooded road, turn around, don't drown. Remember that? Turn around, don't drown. And God gives us all those little road signs in life, teaching us how that we need to turn around and reverse our course and go a different way. But he said, I'm not like other people. And he began to enumerate and make a list of the different things that he thought of as being sin in that day and certainly was. And then he spoke about the religious practices. He talked about how he fasts so much and how he gives his tithe. And the Pharisee thought that he was in prayer, but guess what he was really doing? He was really, I believe, praising himself. Lord, look what a good guy I am. You know what the Bible says, and we read that a while ago, whoever humbles himself shall be exalted, but whoever exalts himself, God will put down low, right? So let's never build ourselves up onto a platform of help making other people think that we're any superhero or somebody any better than anybody else because God can only use those persons who have a servant's heart. Amen? You have to be a servant. Jesus said if you want to be great in the kingdom, you'll learn how to serve other people, the least, last, and lost. And we have a little running thing here that Steve and Jimmy and Michelle and myself and whoever happens to be in the building on any particular day uh, of any of the folks who are here, we always say when, when people seem a little bit too high and mighty out there, out those doors, we start thinking about a lot of our friends from the homeless community who have gone on and met the Lord and many of those whose funerals have been held right here in this building. And we think about them in the throes of their addiction, in the throes of their mental illness, in the throes of poverty, and all the other things that happen in their lives. But we always say, you better watch out because, and we name those people, they might be the ones standing at the pearly gate holding the door open to let you in. And they might just say, hey, oh, it's you. Well, I'm glad you made it, but you got to go to the back of the line and wait a thousand years. You know, we kind of laugh about that. But I think that's humility. You know, don't ever think that we have achieved and arrived because then we're probably on the wrong road, right? You ever think you're going somewhere and, you, and you're on the wrong road? Boy, that sounds like a heartfelt, yeah. Where did you wind up? He, he took them an hour and a half further than they should have because of a wrong turn. That reminds me of that old song, Sin Will Take You Further. How far, Lennon? Than you want to go, right? And it'll cost you what more than you need to pay, something like that. You ever heard that one? You haven't? 
Oh my goodness, give Landon a, you got to give yourself a hallelujah roll on that. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't heard that one. We'll have to teach it to him sometime uh, when we learn it ourselves, right? I'm the world's worst at referring to songs and only getting half of a stanza correct, but it may be the half of the stanza that I needed for the day. But this man was only really just praising himself. But the tax collector, the one who was hated, the one who was ostracized and looked down upon, on the other hand, put his head down and was kind of just, you know, in deep uh, contrition, deep grief. Have you ever grieved over joys departed, as the song says? Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus, for he is a friend who is well known. That's how this man was. He was wanting the Lord to know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my sins and my shortcomings in life. He knew who he was, and he knew where he could be, and he knew that he would only get there through grace. Can the church say amen? By grace, through faith, are we saved. Not of any kind of good works or self-exaltation or anything like that, but only by God's grace. And that grace is unmerited, it's unearned, it is free, and it's available to whosoever will for the asking and doesn't cost us a dime. Nobody can be proud of himself or herself when standing in the reflection of God's great face, God's mercy and God's grace, right? Because the psalmist said, in me, no good thing dwells. In my heart, I'm desperately sinful and wicked. And, you know, I, I just know that I can't do this by myself. But Jesus said only one of them went home justified. Remember that? Remember just a couple of weeks ago we talked about the ten lepers that Jesus made whole and healed and only one returned at that time to give thanks. You see, it may be one. Somebody said it seems foolish that the good shepherd would leave 99 sheep safely in the barn and go out looking in the dangers of the world for one lost lamb until what? And, and Pastor Michelle answered, until that, last, that lost one is me. And then I'd be ever so grateful that God loves even me. Some of us have the concept that for some reason, God favors and loves everybody else but me. But let me tell you, God loves you today. God has no favorite children, right? God doesn't favor one person over another. God loves you. And Jesus gave this parable here in the Gospel of Luke to those who trusted in themselves, who regarded others with contempt, who looked down and thought that somebody else was a whole lot worse off than he was. And he even thanked God for that. You know, there, there's a very fine line there of, in that self-righteousness. So we, we should just simply be like the one who said, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me 
in the position I'm in, in the status of life I am in, because I need Jesus. In this simple, simple story, Jesus gets the point across. Now, if you remember last week, the parable about the widow, it was a difficult one for me to kind of dig out and preach because, it, you know, it was just a kind of a, a hard one to, to pick out. And even the writer, Luke, on that one last week had prefaced the parable by explaining to the reader what it meant. But usually the parables of Jesus are self uh, explained, yeah, and we can interpret them. And the reason they're often left open-ended and we don't see the end of the story is because you and I can see ourselves in the story, right? How many of these stories that we read about can you find yourself? If you will begin to think about it and stop finding everybody else, right? It's so easy to read the Bible and, and think, well, that's talking to somebody else. Well, that's talking to those over there. But, hey, Jesus loves even me, and we need to understand what this message means to me. This Pharisee, who was a religious man, was doing exactly opposite of what Christianity and even, quote, religion, unquote, should call a person to be, and that is to be uh, offering oneself up in humility, right? He was one of the faithful ones, he thought, and he was according to his works. We're not saved by our works, but we work by our salvation. Does that make sense? By these fruits, by these things shall people know who you are. You know, you don't have to go around telling everybody I'm a Christian because those fruits of the Spirit will at least sometime in your life be evident, right? Now, you may be going through a windstorm and a hailstorm and all the leaves and all the fruit gets knocked off the tree for a while. Has that ever happened to anybody? Amen. But wait till another season of life and God is faithful and the fruit will grow again. That happens to all of us. It's no sin. Well, I guess it is a sin to backslide. <laughs> you know, uh, one of our favorite Methodist bishops one time said somebody asked him, do Methodists believe in backsliding? And his answer was, believe it while we practice it. <laughs> hey, can the church say amen? Anybody else in here not guilty of that? We all do, don't we? We all fall short. We all get knocked down and get some branches knocked off. But guess what happens? When those branches get knocked off or get pruned off, what a bountiful crop of fruit comes on the tree the next season. I'll never, ever forget many years ago, one of the very first churches I ever served, and it was a storefront congregation in a city. It was in a busy part of town, and it wasn't anything like what we're doing here, but this was 40, well, yeah, about 40 years ago in a different time and a different place when the worst kind of drugs that we dealt with was marijuana pretty much, you know, and, and we didn't have a lot of the hard things that we seem to have today, or at least not then and in that place. But a young man came to my church, and people were afraid of him because 
he was a little different. He, he would actually scare you sometimes, you know. Uh, he was an artist, and he would draw all these pictures with skeletons and skulls and a lot of dark side of life, and it seemed like a lot of that darkness was, um, you know, around him. And he had a little boy, I still remember his name, that he, had, that he cared for. But he kept coming to worship, and he kept coming to worship, and he'd been in the military and been through a, a terrible thing in, in the war and had a lot of PTSD and a lot of other stuff going on. But one day he stood up in a service and he said, Pastor Will, can I please say just a few words to the congregation? His name was John, and I said, sure, you can do that. And he said, I just want everybody here to know that you all think I don't have any fruit in my life. But he said, I just want you to be patient. I've got fruit there. They're just all still green. They're not ripe yet. So be patient with others. Be careful with other people, okay? Because sometimes the fruit just isn't ripe. But we will be known by those fruit of the Spirit, those things called love. And Jesus actually narrowed it down even more definitively when he said, by this one thing shall all people know that you are my disciple. What is it? That you love one another. And who was it here? Dr. Smitty last Saturday in his testimony said that someone told him the Methodists preach too much about love. And uh, he said, I'd much rather err on the side of love and live love and share love. But we need to do more than talk about it. We need to actually put it into practice and live out that every day in our lives. But here's a story of two men. One who is self-righteous, filled with himself, and the other who is as lost as that little duck on the pond that you showed me this morning. They were camping at the lake, and uh, she took some beautiful pictures on her phone of the lake and the mist rising up and the colors of the trees this morning. And there on that mirror still water was one lone duck. And I thought to tell her, I'm still trying to find my ducks. I, I can't get them in a row because I can't find them. You know, anybody ever heard that old story? But how many of you ever feel like you might be just that one little lone duck out there going around in circles on the pond? Hey, I like that duck. Do that duck one more time. I like that. Thank you, Miss D. Do you all appreciate Miss D? <laughs> now everybody look at Miss D and go, all right. And the prayer of the one man was, Lord, just have mercy on me. Lord, I don't, I'm not even going to think about anything except, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Lord, be merciful unto me, for I am a sinner. He is the one who went away justified and sanctified, I'm sure, because nobody can ever be in the presence of Jesus and be totally the same again. He also tells this parable, Jesus does, here in the Gospel of Luke, 
to help each one of us who listens to it to catch on to what God is really like. You know, in all of these stories, we have, remember the story of the prodigal son, it really could be called the story of a loving father because the father is the one who never gave up on his son. You know, a lady came here, was it Thursday, Steve? A lady that we had met years ago and her son used to be in the streets and he was an addict and I don't know how many times she had called here over the years asking, have you seen my son? I won't mention his name, but she would call here to ask me, is he still alive? Do you know if he's still alive? And her heart was breaking, but she had had to kind of just cut him off and tell him, you know, it's tough love. I can't allow my life to be destroyed because of that. But ultimately, she came here this week, and uh, it's a long story, but she said he's working, he's got a job, and I said, well, we've not seen him in several years, and he's working. And she said he's got his life together. And praise God for that. We need to hear more of those kinds of stories, don't we? You know, we always hear the, the stories that pull you down, but we've got to hear some stories of lifting up. But this young man had to be like the prodigal son and be like the man in the story today to recognize that it's me, oh Lord. Nobody can solve my problem but me. I am in control of my destiny with God, right? God can change it, but I have to be willing for that change to happen. The tax collector is humble. He begs for mercy, and he knows he doesn't deserve God's grace. Did you know that I don't deserve all the good things that God places in my hands? Well, let me tell a little bit further. You don't either, right? I'm grateful that none of us deserves what God gives us, but it's called grace. Somebody said the acronym for grace is G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Now I want to ask you a question. Which of these two people in the story today can you better relate to? Which one are you? And it's not an easy answer because, you know, sometimes I find myself in both of them. How about you? In all of these stories that we've been talking about in the lessons from Luke, I find myself as the prodigal son out in a far country wasting it all in righteous living. But I also find myself as the older brother at home being a little bit jealous and upset. And I also can see myself as the loving father who never gives up who never quits loving. You know, and no matter how many people we meet and we try to help and we try to pray with and pray for, I never give up on anybody because God's love endures forever. And God does not give up on anybody. If you're dealing with someone in some kind of a terrible situation, don't give up. You'll be just like the person I referred to the other day, a young man came and Steve and I prayed with him and he was baptized right here in this place and made a profession of faith. But I told him, you are like the person that Jesus spoke to who said you are not far from the kingdom of God. And that person you're praying for, that person that you may feel ready to write off your list and give up on, 
may be this close to giving in, right? So don't ever give up. Trust in the Lord. And there was a, a priest, an Episcopalian priest, named Father Mike Marsh, who gave some very good advice in a message that he shared, and I quote this. He says, The world would be a significantly better place if every time you and I met someone, we prayed this prayer. May the Christ in me see and honor the Christ in you. And the Christ in you see and honor the Christ in me. Because on certain days, it's difficult for someone else to see Christ in me. Can anybody else say amen? And that's the first step to humility is confessing, God, it ain't about me. I'm a failure and anything good is only because you're with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? That's what makes a success. Our lives become hidden with Christ in God. And it's, you know, we can't do this. You know, there, there's a dear lady, and, and we meet so many in the streets, uh, but she, you know, she never speaks. She doesn't talk rarely. Um, she just wanders the street. She's a very broken person, and her parents, she's, she's from really close by here. She grew up in this area, and her parents come here often and ask about her, and they'll leave things for her, for us to give to her. But she'll never uh, answer us. She usually will walk away. But one day, one day out of all the years that we've known her, Steve went to the door. He came back in the office. He said, Pastor Will, you need to come out here. Come right now to the, to the door. He said, Carla is talking. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to use the name. It could be anybody. But she's speaking, and she just broke loose, and she said, I can't do this anymore. But before we could get the help, we prayed with her. We attempted to do what we could. But before we could really make a difference, she went back into that which she's always in of withdrawal and isolation. And be careful when you drive because she'll literally just walk right straight out into the street in front of you. She doesn't look. She is a soul that is loved by God. She's loved by her family, but she's in a situation that she cannot break free from. And we need to pray more for one another. The Bible says you that think you're spiritual, you know, then you're supposed to be more spiritual and try to do a little bit more in prayer. We are going to be beginning a prayer session here at Shades of Grace. It's going to be happening beginning in March, and we'll let you know more about it. We're going to have one hour a week set aside for nothing but prayer, and we'll let you know more about that. But we do need to pray constantly and continually for one another, because this object lesson today, this parable, is about prayer. So in closing all of this, in reality, this parable is for all of us. It's not just for the religious man. It's not just for the one who said, I'm a sinner, but it's for all of us because we find ourselves 
being identified as every character that Jesus talks about. And we need to just say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Be merciful unto me. Help me to accept your free gift. I don't know about you, but it used to be really, really hard for me uh, as I was growing up. It was really hard for me to be able to accept a gift. Anybody ever else like that? I was always giving. I mean, I always gave to people. All of my life I've been generous and give, give, give. But when it comes time, you know, to receive, I've always been, you know, I felt a little bit guilty somehow or felt a little bit unworthy. And sometimes we approach grace in that same way. But as you extend grace to others unconditionally, may God replenish that grace back into our lives. Because as I often say, we cannot give that which we do not have. And so may God enable us and sustain us with grace multiplied upon grace. Multiplied grace. Do you know there's a verse in the New Testament, a phrase that says grace upon grace? How many of you knew that's in the Bible? Look it up. That's your quiz. I'm not going to tell you where it's at. But it's in one of the letters of the New Testament, but it mentions grace upon grace. How many of you in certain situations and days feel like you need grace upon grace more than you just need grace, right? I think we need all the grace in these days that we can handle knowing that Jesus Christ can do exceedingly above and beyond anything and all that we could ever hope for. But may God help us, help each one of us, to be merciful, even as our Father in heaven is merciful. And may we see the Christ in one another. I want to tell you this clearly, and I try to be reminded of this every day, that you will never, 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 everybody say never, look into anybody, say anybody, eyes that God doesn't love. Amen. And I say, Lord, help me to love. As Dr. Smitty said, let me see, let me look, let me view through my Jesus' eyes. And let me listen through my Jesus' ears. Because if we do that, standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find him. And you'll know him by the nail prints in his hand. Landon, do that chorus one more time. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the only one who cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you will find you'll know him by the nail prints in his hand. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to look in the shadowy places of life, in the place where darkness seems to overwhelm. Let us see Jesus Christ.
the light of the world, who outshines anything that could try to overtake us. Forgive us of our sins, our faults, our shortcomings, our failures. Let us be like the man who said, Oh God, I am a sinner. Have mercy upon me. And only then can we boast in anything good. And then we know that it's coming because of the strength of Christ within us. Lead us and guide us. Have mercy upon us all. Forgive us of our sins. In the name of Christ our Lord, we pray. If you agree in that prayer, would you say amen? Would you say it one more time? And would you say it just as loud as you can? Amen. Amen. Landon, will you wind us up here with a song, please? Will
friends, it's been good to see all of you in worship today, and we hope you will enjoy this beautiful day that the Lord has made, and just, just get out there and do it. Let your light shine, show grace, show mercy, share the love of Jesus, okay? Go in peace, and we hope to meet you again next Saturday morning right here at 1030. Come as you are. Invite a friend. God bless you. So oh.